0: Welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. Uh, Today we have a super special guest, uh, fly fishing guide, uh, legendary up here in the parts Uh, and trucking. I don't know if I go that far, but thank you. We've we've seen the YouTube
1: video, you can't deny it.
0: Right. Well, welcome, Matt Heron. Yeah, thank Uh, you. Thank you for being here. I've been looking forward to this podcast, so. Absolutely. um, Awesome that you could be here.
1: Yeah, and I just... I wanted to thank you too and just kind of describe where we are we're here at the cedar house sport hotel and you know for your for the listeners we're in their conference room right across from Stella um, a world-class restaurant and in this conference room we're just surrounded by all this wood it's it's giant it's open there's so many windows you're looking out at the beautiful Truckee landscape it's just it's an incredible space to be in. So to, to start off, um, just tell us, who is Matt Herron?
2: Oh, that's probably the hardest question of the day. Uh, yeah, so I would uh, you know, first like to thank you guys for having me on. appreciate you guys coming up to Truckee to do this. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. This will be a fun you know, hour or so of chatting. But uh, as far as who is Matt Herron, I would say uh, the the easy answer is I'm kind of a man of many hats. I got a lot of stuff going on, first and foremost. Uh, You know, I'm a father. I have two beautiful boys and an amazing wife at home that, uh, you know, allows me to pursue my passions uh, within the the fly fishing industry. But uh, as far as what we have going on, it's, it's a mix of anything. You know, we'll get into all this stuff in detail. But we have a new podcast that we just went live with a couple months ago. I'm the regional director for a nonprofit called Cast Hope getting um, kind of underserved and at-risk youth on the water through various fly fishing programs and uh, a few outdoor programs as well. So it's not all fly fishing, even though that's about 90% of it. And then my my main gig, um, what brought me to Truckee, you know, 14 years ago is uh, our school and outfitter. So we have an amazing program here in town with uh, two private ponds over in Squaw that we manage for classes. And then year round, we fish the Truckee and little Truckee and any other bodies of water that might have fish swimming around in it and then uh the smallest part of the business but probably also the most fun which we'll get into too i'm sure is our hosted travel program where we go all over the world with our clients and and uh that's when i get to fish <laughs> so yeah, i've
1: seen some of the photos nico and i talk about it a lot yeah um, that looks
2: like an amazing
1: opportunity
2: it's it's pretty cool you know i have so much uh gratitude to my clients that allow me to be able to to do that because without them it just doesn't happen you know that that has to bring a lot more to your
0: fly fishing game personally and then for the guiding experience for your clients not only are you bringing them like say if you're doing something here locally you're bringing that experience you know from overseas here something that you learned and, and I mean, I think it's just an enhancement.
2: I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, It it absolutely is. You know, um, it's cool to have kind of that next step for people to graduate up to. You know, even though some of the listeners and you guys know, you know, we all think of this as a fly fishing area. Like, it's amazing. The Truckee, the Little Truckee, Pyramid Lake. We have all this stuff going on and a lot of no-name stuff. But, like, big picture, Truckee isn't on, like, a worldwide radar for fly fishing, right? Um, we don't have a million rivers like, say, Northern California or Montana or Jackson Hole, all these kind of hubs, if you will. Uh, so it's cool to, you know, become good friends with these clients. You get to know them doing trips and classes. And it's like, hey, you know, you, do you want to take that next step and go chase saltwater species, you know, bonefish, tarpon, permit, whatever it is. Or do you want to go try to catch a steelhead in British Columbia? So it's, it's cool to kind of see that evolution of people. You know, some of my best travel clients, um, one in particular, him and his family took their first fly fishing experience ever with us on our ponds and squaw, instantly head over heels, the whole family, and fast forward. Oh, man, I don't know what year that was, 10, 12 years ago. And uh, and he's now doing almost every one of our hosted trips that he can if it fits his schedule. And just to see that progression to become wow. friends with the family, you know, Christmas cards, that kind of thing from what was just originally a three hour class. Wow. You know, the progression is, is just awesome.
1: And you know, it's, it strikes me because you've got that, you know, special experience as a guide where you get to see people really start to connect with their outdoors and, yeah. and realize the joy of fly fishing yeah. and fishing in general. And when, um, when did you know that was something you wanted to pursue full-time or did it happen organically
2: you know uh, the, the easy answer is since probably the early 80s I always knew I wanted to fish for a living the, the practical answer through high school and college maybe was to go down a different path but still in the outdoors but uh, my, my dad so I was born in 81 my dad had me fishing at three years old spinning gear bait kind of the usual um, you know, starter kit, if you will, I had a Mickey mouse pole and all that stuff, you know, when I was little and, uh, but growing up, say, say through the eighties and early nineties, uh, the biggie was what you saw mostly were, you know, the bass guys. And I was like, I'm going to be a professional bass fisherman. Right. You know, we, we had the normal kind of fish and ski boat growing up. But when I was probably 14 or so, I got my first like John boat, you know, a little tin boat with a motor and I was entering all the local bass tournaments and these guys all have the glitter bass boats that at the time were probably $30,000. And right. You know, I have like a $1,200 John boat and I'm trying to compete with these guys. But, um, 91 was when the game changed for me. I got my first fly rod in 91, um, growing up with spinning gear. We, we had a fly shop down the street from, well, it was a fly shop and, and gear they had all, all everything, but I could ride my bike there. So when I was, like, 8 or 9, I'd ride my bike there and talk to the old-timers and be like, what's this fly, and what's this fly, you know, having no clue what fly fishing was. And I was like, Dad, you got to get me a fly rod. I, I really want to try this fly fishing thing. And he, my dad, like, had a fly rod, but I never saw him use it, you know. Uh, he he didn't have the skill to teach me how to use it, that's for sure. But um, he him and my mom finally got me a fly rod in 91 just to kind of shut me up. Like, oh, we'll see how long this lasts, you know. Mm-hmm. And within a couple years, I was – committed and my dad saw me get really into it so the little bit I knew at the time you know this is before the internet you know I'm reading books I'm watching crappy VHS videos you know to try to learn on my own yeah and uh and things just kind of snowballed from there and uh uh my mom saved an essay that I wrote freshman year of high school that said I wanted to own my own fly fishing business when I grow up and own a lodge <laughs> and like awesome. travel that's the awesome. world. Uh, so it's, it's always been there at, to some extent, but once I went to college, the plan was more fisheries, conservation, outdoor and, uh, outdoor education, that kind of stuff. Um, that's what my degrees are in. And by kind of the, you know, pure luck side of it, got an internship in Montana growing up in upstate New York um, which was only supposed to be for three months because I was going to huh. Syracuse to do my master's, and I never left Montana. <laughs> and that that was it. Shocking. From that point on, <laughs> literally my first job out of college was in the fly fishing industry, and then we fast forward fifteen, sixteen years, and and here we are. I love it. I, I love just to backpedal a little bit. I love the fact yeah. that you a
0: very similar experience <laughs> growing up, and then you know the fishing I had from because I grew up in southern California was all bass yeah you know limited trout it was like stalkers that they would stalk like in December January for sure when it was cold enough yeah yeah you know and you sit by the dock you know like with power bait or something yeah. and you know get these little lifeless trout you know? <laughs> but you're excited about yeah, it yeah. you know and then I was also stuck to watching like the Bassmasters classics mm-hmm. and like you know, whenever like Bill Dance Outdoors was on, you know, <laughs> yeah, right? with this Texas hat, I'm like, Man, I want to be like him. I want that glitter boat and that truck and yeah. you know, go out and win money for catching bass, you go know, just did for that. a
2: living. Right. It's incredible. Right. You
0: know? you know, and that and that kind of faded away. The, the love for fishing never went away. Yeah. You know, and you know, I I progressed into fly fishing much much later, you yeah. know, and I, I saw it as as a necessary change, especially living in this area you know there was really limitations on spin fishing and even when you're taking it to this clean and professional degree of trying to separate yourself from quote-unquote other gear heads yeah. you saw the fly fishing and you're like man those guys look like they're having so much more fun or they can get in there a little bit better than mm-hmm. you know than I can and well they could present that a lot better and I'm throwing this big heavy metal thing in the water and I know I'm scaring the fish every time <laughs> so I'm only getting the big dumb one you but- know I mean which I mean it is what it is. We but like I'm big like, dumb fish, though. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, so I think
2: that's that's awesome. I love I love I love your background, man. That's yeah. Awesome. I, <laughs> I, I was super lucky to have a family that you know, a mom and dad that really pushed me to pursue my passions. You know, right. and I, I mentioned the bass thing from a uh, kind of a career standpoint, just because that's what I saw a lot. Yeah. But um, the Adirondacks were my second home, and. You know, one of the things I miss the most from back east, upstate New York, is the variety of fish. Hmm. Because, you know, the Adirondacks are famous for their trout fishing. But my backyard was smallmouth, pike, muskie, walleye, largemouth, every kind of trout you could imagine, landlocked salmon. As I got older, you add the whole Great Lakes, tributary, fisheries into the mix. And, I mean, there's no way I'd be the angler today if I wasn't chasing a million different species growing up you know here don't get me wrong we love our big wild trout in our backyard in the Truckee, but i do miss the variety of having so many different species to chase literally down the street yeah so
1: and what was it about fly fishing in particular when you first started fly fishing that you said hey i'm i'm gonna do this over you know bass fishing or the other types
2: of fishing you know that that's a tough one i think um I don't know. I think for me, originally, literally as like an eight or nine year old, you know, you'd see it in the occasional magazines. Again, the fly shop was down the street. Back then, there may have been like one fly fishing show on TV on Saturday morning, like who, who knows. But uh, I think for me, it was just something so different than what I was doing, you know, throwing lures and fishing with bait. Um, I had a real affinity, again, not so much looking forward professionally, but trout was kind of my my passion, even though we had small mouth and large mouth in my backyard on the Mohawk River. But I, I don't know exactly what made me do it or want to pursue it other than it was just different. Um, you know, maybe it was I mean, I would like to think at nine or ten, I was like, oh, it's a new challenge in my life. I don't know <laughs> if that was really it. I think it was more just different. And to be honest, it probably just looked cool. You know, at that age, that's probably what drew me to it, you know.
1: You know, I have to say just living here, being so close to the Truckee River, driving by it a lot, mm-hmm. just in my daily work, fishing with Nico after work. Yeah. It, it does look cool.
2: Yeah, right? At the <laughs> end of the
1: day, that is one of the things where you're like, it's a beautiful sport.
2: It's a beautiful sport.
1: And, and how, <clears throat> one of the things that um, Nico and I really like, uh, admire about you is how you give back. And that's kinda one that. of the goals of our podcast is to really connect people with, you know, they're in this beautiful environment, but they might not know, you know, how do I connect with it? Mm-hmm. And I like, I'm impressed with Cast Hope. Yeah. And what is it that you hope the kids get, or what are some of the things you've seen in through Cast Hope that have affected their lives? Y-
2: yeah, so, uh the, the cast hope thing is pretty special. The, a quick two second kind of background on it. it. It started actually with our founder and director, Ryan Johnson, up in Chico, Northern California, for the listeners at home, not far from Reading. And it actually started in a church sermon where Ryan said that, you know, the pastor was giving a sermon on like, hey, what um, do you have in your life that you can use to give back to other people wow. that may not have that in their life? And, you know, it was the light bulb moment, like, oh, well, I know how to fish. I'm a guide. All my friends are guides. Like, we can take people fishing. So it started up there, did really well um, to the point where they decided to expand, which is where I kind of came into play when they decided that Reno Tahoe was going to be their first expansion with a staff member, somebody that's running the show in a new region. And um, when they presented that opportunity with me, or Ryan, um, the board kind of came to that decision. Uh, I was all over it. It was kind of like, where do I sign? You know, um, I had helped with some cast hope programs in years leading up to that, which kind of helped me get that ask, you know, if I wanted to be the guy here. But, um, you know, to go back to answering your question, you know, I've only got four now, well, we're just starting year five, so four years under my belt. And uh, we, we've worked with some kids that have come from some really rough backgrounds that, um, you know, it it makes me appreciate how I grew up a lot more, but one of the ones recently that stands out of all the stories that these kids have is we brought a group from Reno through Tahoe Forest Church. We partnered with them with one of their groups, brought them to the ponds and Squaw to do a class. And two things happened that were just kind of these eye-opening moments for me. Um, we wa- I met them in the lobby. We're walking down to the ponds, and you know, for you guys, um, you know what Squaw looks like. It's beautiful. You're surrounded on forest three sides by these beautiful mountains. Everything's right. green, snow capped mountains. Right. And we're walking down and one of the kids before we even made a cast or touched any equipment, he's like, Hey, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate you, you bringing us out here, which with the demographic we work with, that doesn't usually even happen at the end of the trip, let alone before you even start. So it shows like, even though a lot of these kids haven't been exposed to these opportunities, you know, these are good kids, you know, deep, deep down. And, you know, some of them are more troubled than others with how they grew up. But, um, it's like, you know, the, these kids have it in them to, you know, understand and respect what's going on and the the opportunity that's being presented to them. But then we take a few more steps and you see him kind of looking around as we're walking up to all the other instructors. And he goes, you know what? I've never really been outside before. And I'm just like, holy cow. And, you know, you've heard the drug stories and the abusive stories, but something as simple as like, you're from Reno, you live 30 minutes away from here, let alone how awesome everything between here and Reno is right from an outdoor wonderland standpoint. But, um, it's just like, man, and it's just so the opposite of how I grew up. You know, I was just never inside, you know, unless I was in trouble, you know, I was always outside, you know, playing fish and golf and baseball, whatever. But it was just kind of like, that that reassuring as awful as it was to hear it was a reassuring moment that you know this cast hope thing is doing something special and uh we're putting these kids in an opportunity to do something they've never done probably depending on their background maybe would never have the opportunity to do ever um but you know the, the next step with cast hope is you know we don't expect these kids to grow up and become fishing guides a few of them have which is awesome but that is not the point it's this appreciation for the outdoors, respect for nature, you know. It, it if it happens at a young age, then it kind of snowballs, you know, through their entire life, and that's kind of the end game, if you will,
0: you know. That's awesome. And then <laughs> if if you bring anything to the table for those kids, it's even if they don't walk away going, oh, I want to fly fish forever. It's just yeah. the awareness of the outside world, exactly. And going, hey, there's more to and what's going on with my life you know or mm-hmm. in, in their own way of thinking you know going oh well I can at least in their mind they could look outdoors you know or find a way to get back out there and yeah and have that release or experience and I, I agree with you that's that's a, a huge foundation setting type thing for a child especially in a Our, a bad situation or a, a you know a tough predicament or whatever the case may be
2: yeah it's, it's pretty incredible you know g- kind of even going a little bit deeper into that it's like as kind of far fetched as this mindset is with us as fly anglers, you know, one of the things we do, especially with our river trips with the kids, is it's not just fishing. Like we catch the bugs, right? Kids want to see the bugs and the creepy crawlies, if you will, especially if they're young. Yeah. Our, our demographic for Cast Hope is 10 to 18, but you know, you start doing these these kick samples and catching all the bugs and saying, "Hey, this is a stone fly. This is a mayfly," and one of the replies you get sometimes is oh my gosh, if, if I knew those bugs were in this river, like I wouldn't even be standing here. I don't want to go <laughs> swimming. I don't even want to be near the water. And it's like to go a step further from kind of an appreciation for the outdoors, it's like, well, if these bugs weren't in the river, that would mean the river would be polluted. There would be no oxygen. You know, so these are indicator species that, make, that tell us how clean these rivers really are where we live. And, you know, because a lot of kids growing up, all bugs are bad. You know, it's like, sure. oh, gross, kill them all. You know, we don't want right. bugs. And it's like, well, if we didn't have these bugs, this water would be gross. These trout wouldn't be here thriving. Kind of, again, the snowball effect. But uh, it's, just, it's just all these different things that these kids have never even remotely been exposed to. You know? That's awesome. So it's, a, it's a pretty special thing. Yeah, for sure. That,
0: that, that's incredible. You know, and you're really filling a gap that we have here because there is so many I say so many but when you look around the rest of the fly fishing community in united states you'll see a lot of you know similar type programs mm-hmm. but they're more embedded in the east coast you know um you know in other areas you know like in the montana like the fly fishing meccas yeah whereas here there's just kind of like that just gap for yeah. whatever reason i think it's really great that you bring that here and bring that awareness and, and bring this you know, bring this area together like that. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Thank I appreciate it. it yeah. It's,
2: it's a really special program. And again, kind of, kind of our hubs, we have most of California kind of on lockdown at this point, if you will, we uh, yeah. the most recent expansion now was San Diego wow. and Conway Bowman, who's a very well-known uh, guide and personality within our sport is our new regional director down there as nice. of about a year and a half ago. So from NorCal, to SoCal, Northern Nevada um, you know, it's, it's, we have a really great opportunity to change the lives of, of a lot of people. And it, it goes without saying, none of this happens without amazing donors, um, people that are willing to spend their time and money at our fundraising events that we do all over the state. Some are big, some are small. Um, of course, there's some grant writing involved in there as well. But, you know, none of this happens with the support, without the support of, of people that believe in the mission which sure. is kind of the, the most special thing behind it. How do know?
1: our listeners, you know, I'm sure they're listening to this, they're moved like it, we are. How, how do they get involved and yeah.
2: participate? So the, so the first step is simple. It would be to go to casthope.org. Um, and we have two things on there in which they can get involved. One is our calendar of, calendar of events, which are, you know, uh, one that's coming up probably the soonest one in the Grass Valley, Nevada City, we're hosting the Fly Fishing Film Tour, which mm-hmm. we do there every year. It's a benefit event for uh, Cast Hope. And I, that all of the film tour events hold a special place in my heart because years ago when the film tour started, I worked for the film tour for five or six years in the winter full time. Um, we hold the film tour in Truckee. Uh, our event, we j- we haven't even announced it yet. This will actually be the first time nobody knows about it yet. We're gonna do it on September fifth, Labor Day weekend, which will be here in Truckee. That's another Cast Hope cats fundraiser. Out of bag. What's that? <laughs> I said the cats out of the bag. Cats yeah. out of the bag, right? So uh, we just locked up the the venue for that. Uh, but there's a calendar of events um, through SoCal, Northern California, where um, you can go to an event. You know, raffle prizes, auctions, that kind of stuff we do a number of what we call tournaments uh we have uh the gabe duran memorial tournament which is on the lower sack gabe duran is um I-, I would say one of the all-time good dudes in our industry that passed away out of the blue this is man uh he actually probably about five almost six years ago now he was extremely loved within the fly fishing community he passed away out of the blue Um, He was about my age, give or take. Anyway, long story short, he had a huge community of friends around him. His parents um, approached Cast Hope that said, hey, we want to do an event benefiting children in his name. They picked Cast Hope to be the beneficiary of that. So we have the trout tournament once a year. That's usually in May. Um, we have a Steelhead tournament up on the Truckee, or excuse me, up on the Trinity, that usually happens November-December timeframe. Nice. And then my tournament for my uh, region, Reno-Tahoe, is at Pyramid Lake coming oh. up, uh, which has grown exceptionally in the last 12 months. We almost doubled participation for this year's tournament, but and and I loosely say tournament. <laughs> it's more of a fun weekend to get together, have some beers with friends, and raise a bunch of money. And you know, there's of course fishing involved. Right. But uh, so those are kind of the biggies. And then the simple one is on the website. Also, there's a a donate page where you can donate in the name of somebody else. You can donate with a credit card. You can donate through a family trust. Uh, So there's quite a few ways. And, uh, you know, it goes without saying there's all the the tax advantages on that side of it, too, which we'll take care of on our end. But, um, you know, and and every once in a while we do have opportunities where we need volunteers as well, Um, even though most of what Cast Hope does from a use standpoint is with licensed guides that all go through a background check, that kind of stuff. Um, we do have, uh, the occasional event opportunity where we do need volunteers. And as you can imagine, we, we fill those spots pretty quickly. There's a lot of caring people out there that, that want to help. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's, it's a cool program. And then, um,
1: are you, I know, uh, Patty here yeah. at Cedar house, mm-hmm. um, they do work with veterans. They do. Yeah. And now you're connected to that too. Is that correct?
2: A-, a little bit. Yeah. So over the years, we've done a few of the wounded warriors programs, um, through kind of us directly Matt Heron fly fishing. But the most recent one, uh, was probably a couple years ago where we, we fished, um, with that group through Patty here at the Cedar house. She, you know, it was a, kind of a quote unquote corporate group, <laughs> very, sure. very non-corporate, but it was a, a group booking and she got a hold of us a few months out and was like, Matt, we have this group coming. <clears throat> we have this kind of laundry list of calendar items that we want them to do while they're here. And, you know, can you take them fishing? And I'm like, of course, <laughs> let's, sure. let's make this happen. And, you know, that's kind of the same feel good situation as cast hope just with a different demographic.
1: I, I, yeah, uh, I equally love that. Yeah. I'm, I know Nico's very humble and modest about this, but he is a veteran. And every now and then randomly, that. I'll just find myself, you know, Nico, thank you for serving me and my country. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thank you for
2: allowing me to have the job that I have today and can yeah. do what I want to do for a living. And yeah. I, I just thank love yeah.
1: that this program, Wounded Warrior, yeah. I just know for myself, not being a veteran, just being a person who's essentially just going through life with its joys and trials and how nature and fly fishing specifically just it's so healing so um how what have you seen being involved with the wounded warrior program how how has that affected
2: the veterans you know um i would say and and again this is very limited experience compared to cast hope um I would say the biggie is with some of them, it's given them an opportunity to do something that probably when their accident, if you will, happened, they didn't think they would ever be able to do, you know, it's just like um, some of them may be experiencing fly fishing for the first time. Some of them that we've taken out fly fished before their deployment. Maybe something bad happened. Maybe something really bad happened to them while they were, you know, protecting our country. And they probably thought when that happened, like I'll never be able to fly fish again. Mm. I'll never be put in a position where I can cast a fly rod, go catch a fish, big or small at that point, you know, who cares? Let's just give them an mm-hmm. experience that they'll remember. If they catch a fish, it's a bonus. But it's, uh, it's a pretty pretty cool thing to see that eye-opening moment where it's like, man, we, uh, we they didn't think that was something that might ever happen again, you know, so... Um, I don't know that that's on my end. That's how I, I think it's happened over the years again. Sure. With cast hope, we follow up with the kids and we kind of become mentors to them to some extent with, with wounded warriors that it's just a different deal. But, um, I would like to think that's kind of how it happens.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's a great, um, I, I want to use the word distraction, but you know, if you're going through any type of, um, recovery, whether it's physical, mental, Actually, it's almost always a combination of the both in, in some form of degree. Yeah. Uh, fly fishing offers, I think, the opportunity to disengage from your normal thought process that you may be going through in whatever your struggle is. Yeah. Yeah. Because just, just think of it just from our perspective getting into a river, right? <laughs> Putting on a pair of waders. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I got to put these waders on. Okay. Cool. Now I got to walk into a river. Yeah. And then from that point that you're standing and flowing water, subconsciously your mind's already engaging that river saying, mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep my balance. Yeah. I'm in water. I don't want to fall over. And then on the flip side, you're also you're, you're engaging the beauty around you going, wow, this is awesome. And yeah. normally the only thing you can really hear. I mean, depending on the flow of the river, yeah. is the water going by you and around totally. you? You know, maybe a bird or two, you know, but yeah. everything revolves around that water, yeah. you know. And now you have to engage that water going, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a fish in here <laughs> yeah. that yeah. I want to try to catch. Yep. So now all your all your primal functions and senses are 100% engaged in, and taking away from maybe whatever it is that you're thinking about or what you're stuck on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor or anything <laughs> like that, but I'm just saying just from. My experience, you know, what, how I found fly fishing, you know, beneficial and, and therapeutic. Mm-hmm. That's my sense. And I can only imagine how beneficial it would be for somebody, even if they walk away from it and they, they, they have a difficult time getting back into that mindset, for whatever that time is that they spent on the river, Yeah, they were disengaged from that. Disengaged, yeah. You know, and, and maybe they'll want to go back to that, you know, or the other thing I know is kind of classic with some of the Wounded Warriors and other veteran programs is fly time. Yeah. Because there's nothing more. <laughs> Consuming to the mind of tying a fly, you're just like tiny hook, thread, glue, bead, you know, <laughs> yeah. turn, cut, you know, <laughs> yep. that's like, you're just like, oh my gosh. And that's proven very therapeutic for people. So even if they don't get back on the river, they're like, well, man, I'm going to tie, you know, 500 flies this week. Yeah. You know, and that's that whole time. They're not thinking about whatever they're thinking about.
2: You know, it, so it's pretty amazing that the resources out there, Wounded Warriors has become a very large, well-known nonprofit and I mean, the amount of resources out there, I mean, they have full TV shows on, you know, taking these guys fishing and women, of course, um, you know, YouTube videos. So it's, it's pretty cool to watch those and, and see that th- those faces light up when they hook a fish kind of thing. Um, of all days for us to have this conversation, it's funny this comes up today. Um, you know how on Facebook you get the memories where you get a notification yep. like, oh, eight years ago this yeah. happened or your post was this so one of my posts today that i just looked at literally an hour ago was from 2008 it was my first year with the film tour and 12 years ago today we did a show at the walter reed memorial hospital in dc Whoa. and i'll never forget it because um, when we did the tour every show we did and that was a very unique one it wasn't going to a big theater and selling a million tickets and a big party we literally did it at the hospital for a small group of veterans and we used to, ro- I'm like getting goosebumps talking about this. We used to um, rotate who would be the MC every night. And I just, that happened to be my night. And instead of like doing this huge, like, "Hoorah! get these guys pumped up to, you know, watch these fly fishing videos. I got into this like five to ten minute thank you to these guys, similar mm-hmm. to what I just said to you in two seconds. Right. On like, if, if you guys didn't sacrifice what you sacrificed... I would not be traveling the country yeah. showing fly fishing movies to people, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild that we're having this conversation and that just happened wow. to pop up. That, that was my first exposure to in person, uh, in person interactions with wounded warriors within the, the fly fishing world. Wow. And it was incredible, you know, just to meet these guys and to hear their stories. Again, it was a very intimate show, so it wasn't just like, we'll never see these guys again. Like before and after the show, we talked and it was incredible. But on top of like you said, you're in the water, f- hearing the water, thinking I need to catch a fish. Yeah. For them, they, they got to check out for two hours watching these films from all over right. the, the world, you know, so. Right. Uh, yeah, anyway, of, of all times to bring up this conversation, that's too funny.
3: Well, so, so there,
2: there are
1: yeah. no coincidences. There you go, right? You know, it's funny because I've had the chance to take people surfing. Yeah. And there's also surfing projects where wounded veterans will, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll have modified, you know, surf equipment and be able to ride waves. But Mm -hmm. with fly fishing and surfing, there's so many similarities. One of them is, you know, water by itself is still, but with gravity, you've got energy. You're literally surrounded by energy in the river. and. Same with surfing. And then what I always tell people is sometimes they'll go out and they're like, oh man, I I didn't even get a good wave (laughs) or I didn't, I've only caught two or three waves or I've only, I didn't catch a fish, but in fly fishing uh like surfing 90 percent of it is navigation so yeah. you have your tire f- stuff yes <laughs> yeah. your fly tying yeah itself making them yeah but then for me my experience starting with fly fishing is there's in a sense if you keep your cool
2: yeah
1: you're you're unraveling uh, a potential knot You're reattaching a fly that got snagged. You're very slowly lifting a stick. You know, these are my perceptions from the novelist out of the water, not to break the hook. And it's like all that background stuff makes it, you know, that much more special uh, of an experience, I think. No, absolutely. When you
2: actually... Hook, there's a million a quotes out there that all relate to it's not just about the fish you know yeah. it's not just about the catching it's everything that goes along with it sure. which which big picture is probably the biggest draw for everyone into the sport sure you know
0: but you know there, there is something that kind of ties into this and it's yeah. you're, you're somewhat a, a local legend for it so let's do a little <laughs> flashback a few years i know i mentioned okay. this to you a couple of days ago <laughs> yeah one of my one of my favorite moments of you that was caught on video yeah, yeah. <laughs> we this, talked I mean, about this, this before is, we started no it's yeah. incredible it's almost like it's just set up like it's a it's, like it's a motion picture like oh man I mean okay so I mean here the backdrop I don't know
2: how many years ago it was now but it's a little uh, trucky river yeah I want to say 2011 okay so about almost 10 years ago
0: right yeah right and it, it was it was but I'll let you kind of explain it a little bit obviously because you're the one that was there but, but yeah in a nutshell for the viewers that have or the listeners that haven't seen this, it was kind of like, almost like a WWE match at some point uh, where, you know, it was kind yeah. of like, Oh here. Yeah. He's catching a fish. Okay. And then all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, like, did he just body slam that fish <laughs> and again and again, you know, you, so. you
1: could find it on YouTube. Yeah. If you yeah. search
0: check Matt hair on Vimeo, Brown there's a lot Trout. less haters on Vimeo okay.
2: than YouTube. Oh, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> no, matter. Does yeah. 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 I
0: mean, typing in Matt hair on little Truckee river, Brown trout. It was and one of the just,
1: first things Nico told me
2: about. Was it? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Funny.
0: Yeah. He, well, he didn't know who you were. I'm like, this is him, and he's like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you
2: know. So yeah, if you please, indulge it. I'll, uh, indulge so, in so the sh- the short version of that video is um, is a long time ago. I was back home uh, in New York visiting, and I picked my dates to come home because the day I caught that fish, I was supposed to be in jury duty. And I literally, much
1: better alternative. I
2: literally got home. <laughs> I got the voicemail of the automated message that said, you are not required to attend jury duty. And I'm like, Oh, cool. I'm off the hook. Like, you know, you ignore jury duty for so long. And finally like one time you have to finally do it. Right. And I randomly threw a post up on Facebook saying, Oh, cool. I, I don't have jury duty tomorrow. I guess I got the day off. And my buddy got a hold of me that worked at Squaw Creek uh-huh. in the early days that, um, He and I had been talking about doing a promo video for years. He was a local video guy and did promo videos for everybody. And he's like, hey, what about tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, dude, let's go. It's supposed to snow like the next day. Uh, So long story short, we rallied that night, made a plan for the next day. And the the plan was to only get footage. It wasn't to do a full-blown promotional video. It's like, let's just go some A-roll, B-roll, you know, whatever. The original place we were supposed to go to that day had 13 cars in the parking lot. And we were like, yeah, screw yeah, this. Right. Let's go somewhere else. So right. it's just this weird all the stars aligned thing. Like, one, I was supposed to be in jury duty. Two, we weren't even in the spot we were supposed to be in, at least that I planned on, like, just getting footage. And we were walking the river, and I saw this fish, and I go, oh, dude, there's a huge fish right there. I'm like, here's where I'm going to stand to try to catch it. Uh, you set up where you need to set up, and I'll start casting. So he got ready. He's like, I'm How good. did
1: you know it was there?
2: Oh, I saw it. I'm a sight fishing junkie. If, 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 if that's what I'm <laughs> known for with my clients is my eyes, my guys that I have clients that know how to fish mm. and they know what to use. They can't see him. So we'll just go hunt the river. They'll, they'll use my eyes and then they'll use their own wow. skills to, to catch it. And I'll tell them where to cast and stuff. But, um, wow. And, uh, we were sight fishing yesterday, literally. So, uh, long story short, saw the fish. I knew it was big. I had no clue it was as big as it was. Um, it, so anyway, make a couple casts, like the third or fourth cast this fish eats. I saw the mouth open, set the hook. You know, I was setting before the indicator even moved because I saw her eat it. And in the video, she comes to the top like right off the bat. And that's where you hear me kind of go, holy, sh- it's, it's way bigger than I thought it was. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like mid-20s, and it was bigger than that. Um, if, you, if you notice in the video, the, the water where I hooked it is a lot deeper than it looks because my strike indicator was up three to four feet um that's kind of a guess you can tell in the video how far up it was but uh you know fought this fish and then you know the the ending is you know i guess the rest is history the fish went up into really shallow water super shallow uh and i even as a guide and at the time i fished with i probably had a five or six year stretch where i used the net that i have in that video for guiding um you know, one of the things you'll read online is, oh, he knew that fish was there. He went and bought a giant ass net to, to catch that fish. That was my guide net for years. Huh. And uh it was in such shallow water, I couldn't get the net underneath her and totally blew the net job like two or three times like really quick. Right. And um again, not expecting to run into a fish like that. I'm fishing six X. Water's low and clear. I was on six X. S- super spooky fish. Um hmm. and she oh. kinda made a left hand turn after I screwed up the net job and My rods pointed one way she's going the other I'm like this line's gonna break and I've face planted to where um, my left hand landed in front of her head and my right hand landed on her tail and you know if you see the video there's no secret I got soaked yeah Um, but uh, yeah so you know. If if you look at some of the, the online stuff, it's like, oh, I tackled that fish and landed and squished her. And, you know, if you look at the video, that's not what happened, of course. Yeah, it
1: doesn't look but like that in the video.
2: It was like yeah. it happened so fast and it was just like, what do I do? She's going that way. Like something It was just kind of this non. Well, I guess it was instinctual to be like, just stop her. She was moving slow. She wasn't bolting. So, I mean, I don't really know how to explain that part of the video. It just happened. And to get it on film is completely insane. And the, the rest is history, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was just incredible. You know? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, and yeah.
0: it's funny that you mentioned that part about maybe the mention of the fish getting hurt at no point that was I ever concerned. I'm like, I'm yeah, like that's, yeah. that's a massive brown trout. Brown trout are <laughs> one of the most, I mean, vicious freshwater predators in my <laughs> yeah. book, you know, and, and, they, they live through the school of hard knocks. Yeah. They, they, they're not, I don't know how to put this gently, but they're not an a uber-fragile fish for the most part. They can handle so many, a wide array of conditions. I mean, you yeah. know, you want to respect the fish. Yeah, of course. You, know, you don't want to slap yeah, yeah. it around on, you know. Some would you know. say <laughs> nasty beasts. <laughs> nasty beasts, <laughs> there you, you go, know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. but, um, you know, they, they've been through a lot worse in yeah. their
2: life, you know, so. And I, I guess I yeah. should say that wasn't directed towards you. That was directed towards... Some of the online, online oh, yeah. comments. Well, I, <laughs> you know. I know I picked that yeah, yeah, picked up yeah. on that. It's yeah. just
0: like, yeah, I wouldn't think that. I'm like, and if you have a fish that big, you're doing everything you can. you yeah, know, yeah. To land that thing and go, it,
2: hey, this thing.
1: But your yeah. care. Yeah. Your care for the fish after. Oh, totally.
2: It was a pre-spawn female. You know, it's like, get her back. Let her do her deal in a few weeks when it's it's time, you know right so wow and
0: that's but, incredible so that yeah. that so that's a run on that you caught that on the little trucky, so i'm assuming that that was a fish that was probably living back and forth between uh, what? Boca and 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 the river or who knows i mean that that's a that's the little trucky's a skinny river what was that the little trucky? that was a little trucky. it was that's maybe what,
2: maybe well you know what <laughs> <laughs> It's caught somewhere in the North Tahoe area. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody says, oh, where'd you catch that fish? I'm like, in the mouth. (laughs) Oh, oh no. We just gave it away. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's a classic thing right there. I love that you bring that up. So uh, a classic example is uh, Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. You know, he wrote a lot of fishing tales. Of course. And one of his famous ones was a a
2: book that he wrote um, called The Big Two-Hearted River, I believe. Yeah. I believe that is what it's called, and I haven't read that one, but I know the title, so, so keep going. <laughs> so the mystery behind that is he, there's an actual river out
0: there somewhere called the Big Two-Hearted River, uh, but he, in any of his writings on, on about fishing, mm-hmm. he never gave the true location, uh, Ah, yeah. right? So he may be speaking of the Big Two-Hearted, but maybe he was on the ossible. Yeah. You know, or maybe he wasn't completely different maybe he was on the east coast on something different yeah you know? yeah for sure you know so it's kind of interesting and also just while we're there with that that's i took a spin off from that and ben and i have been running with it on the uh on Truckee. the Truckee river yeah so that was the big two-hearted we've nicknamed the Truckee the I, big two-face i saw that in one of the it was was it a one of the it's a fishing report
2: Oh, it was a fishing report. That's what it yeah, was. Yep, yeah. That's the one for sure. Yeah.
0: And we love climate. I think maybe you can identify that with the Truckee River being a big two-faced because you'll go out on the most perfect day, the perfect condition. You see, <sighs> you sight, see like there's the fish, there's the bugs or there's the grub that they're eating. You put in front of their face and yeah. it just smacks them upside the head and they run away. And you're like, wait, what's the deal? It you is know? a
2: two-faced river. If there ever was one, right. We, I start all my presentations when I, when I travel and go to clubs and do, do my talks. Uh, I start right off the bat with um, – I have everyone say, raise your hand if you fish the truckie. Most people do. I go, leave your hand up if you consistently do well on the truckie, and all the hands go down right away. <laughs> so as as kind of a laughter thing right off the bat, I'm like, okay, you guys, see, that's why I'm here. There's a reason you're paying me to come here. But um, the, the nickname forever has been the toughie or the tricky, depending oh. on oh, who you talk to. yeah, that makes Cause, sense. Because, uh, you know, the joke is once you learn how to catch them here, everywhere else is easy, you know. So it is uh, – you, you got to put your dues in but we have some really big wild fish that you know any given cast you could catch the fish of a lifetime for sure but you know most of the time you got to put your dues in to, to get that you know it, it takes one. some time and I know you've been helpful to me over the years
0: I think I've come screaming to you here <laughs> and there like bro like I don't expect like all the answers but yeah dude throw me a bone throw yeah me for a bone. Sure. you know and that's added up you know it's like you can't you you can set somebody up out there with the perfect rig you know here's exactly what i use this is what exactly i'm using right now yeah do this exact thing yeah and they'll they'll walk away with frustration because they're like (laughs) it didn't happen you know but there's just like that time frame like I, i tell my friend ben here it's for the longest time he was getting into the smaller fish yeah. Right. You know, I was putting him in, like in the summer, I'm putting him in riffly water. Mm-hmm. We're doing a crazy thing. We're swinging something they call a wet fly. Now you're talking my it, language. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What the wet fly. <laughs> I'm like, no one else on the truck. He's doing this. At least that we know of. So yeah. we're, we're swinging, you know, like a single or a tandem wet through these riffles that are a foot and a half, two and a half feet mm-hmm. deep. at noon. Yeah. In July. Totally. Ripping it. Yeah. Killing it. Crushing it. We we're, were, we're, pulling out and all wilds. I mean, a, a handful of those little planners they'll put in. Yeah. Yeah and this is on the Nevada side in summer. Yeah,
2: totally. Crazy, right? Talk about fish being in the riffles. Your water is warmer than ours. I right. Mean, that is the time to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah.
0: and, and with that, it's, it's, uh, you know, that, that whole learning curve, but what I like to tell people in that, I think you're going to attest to this is, you know, that one or two fish a day on the truck. could yeah. probably translate to, maybe you can maybe put a multiplier to this. Like if you're on a, a hot river in Montana, where Maybe you're catching 10 or 20, that would equate to maybe the two you caught here. I try to keep people's hopes up by telling them that like, I, you that, catch that's one, a, you're good. I mean,
2: <laughs> th- obviously, you we could never put an exact number on it, but that's a very realistic number, yeah. uh, depending on what river in Montana it is. I used to live in Livingston, so that's another home to me back in the day. <clears throat> but uh, you, you just uh, when, when people book, and nowadays it's my wife that handles all of the bookings okay. for the last however many years— we have got to set very realistic expectations. Um, the worst thing that we hear is, oh, you know, I'm coming to, tr- to Tahoe on a family vacation. Uh, me and my brother fish once a year or twice a year. We go to Alaska and Montana, and I'm just like, oh, my God. All right, well, let's, let's uh, tell you how this is going to go. This is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to hurt. And uh, this is going to hurt a little. But, um, but truthfully, so we go into it with the mindset, and I heard this from one of my buddies years ago, if, if you go into every trip, whether it's the truckie or anywhere else, um, with the mindset of having fun, learning something, and then catching fish, if that's your order, it's great. Every trip is going to be fun, no matter what, you know Perfect. so but especially on the truckie, <laughs> you know so uh, and it's rare that we get blanked with clients, it almost never happens, but we just you don't go out and have a 15 fish person per day thing that just doesn't happen here right you know it's not lot it's not practical for people to think that right, right. and again when you set it up correctly on the phone they're going to have a great time no matter what well and, yeah go ahead
1: oh well i was just going to say and it makes it that much more special yeah i just caught now it's nothing like your legendary oh, geez, yeah. fish yeah. but yeah. i just caught my personal biggest fish yeah and congratulations thank you yeah and i hadn't had a bite uh not even anything a tug or nothing until that indicator just got buried yeah and it's like you know if it was any indication of how the day's gonna go i would have said this is gonna be a miss yeah and i was almost done
0: that's that transition i was kind of speaking to and i got lost on was yeah you know going from that transition to catching like those smaller guys you know the mm-hmm. juvenile the recruitment style the recruitment size fish mm-hmm. you know and, and ben's finally progressing to that consistently hooking into um and and catching or trying to land the bigger fish you know we, we've jumped cool. that 8 10 12 inch barrier and all of a sudden now he's like in that 14 16, you know, 20 yeah. range. And he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, well, it's just a thing that happens. It's a progression. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Not, it's your searching pattern. And I've, I watched him. I watched him the other day get into something and it was like, he couldn't even control it. Like he's <laughs> got a, I put him on a five weight and yeah. we're sitting down in, um, in downtown Reno, yeah. you know, and he got into a, a sizable, I'm assuming it was probably a Brown or whatnot, but I just see this big arc in his, his rod and he's trying to hand it. Try yeah. to pull it out of the flow, and he's just like,
2: "What uh, do I do? Somebody
0: help!" You know, help. Oh, you know that so actually awesome. helped yeah. me
1: land the one. So <laughs> I did. learned from that experience. Like, yeah, I first tried to just reel it, and then I'm like, "No way!" My rod yeah. was bent like completely, yeah. like a magnet, and so I had to raise up my hand off the butt and right to more of the central area yeah, yeah and I just line pulled it I'm like not again <laughs> Not, <laughs> not again. Gonna happen it's not again. Happening.
2: yeah that's, <laughs> that's funny yeah, yeah it was great it, it's fairly often where say, say we are having a tough day and it's like it, like it's gonna happen when I'm talking to clients this is and it's like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen you're, you're gonna hook a fish and and when it does, like one of the lines is it's like, you work so hard for that fish today. You didn't give up. You didn't leave early and say, hey, I'm going to go to lunch in town. And when it finally happens, it's like the hugs and the pat on the backs and the high fives. And, you know, to pull to pull a really trophy fish out of the truckie is it's, it's an accomplishment and they're not yeah. easy. And um, like you said, it's, it makes them that much more special when you're not catching fifty fish a day. Right? And and
1: I was just gonna add one more piece to that story. Um, yeah. I had I was told to my son I was gonna pick him up from Ida Wild Skate Park. Okay. So yeah. I wasn't planning on fishing, but Nico and I are very strict. We follow the Boy Scout motto, be prepared.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so this
1: opportunity came up, so I jumped in the water after work. It's a good spot to jump in the water. What was perfect is I Had texted my location to my son so that when he would finish skateboarding, he rode up. So he was literally four feet away from me, even though I was in 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 the river. Yeah, and he saw the whole thing. Oh, that's perfect. This This was your big one. This This is my seventeen-year-old. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, the fish though. Oh, this is is the biggest
2: fish. Yeah. That's so cool. What a moment!
1: The thing jumped like four times. It it was quite a fight. Rainbow yeah brown. it was a rainbow yeah cool yeah. good
2: for you yeah
0: yeah, yeah that's it's great that's super awesome what that same that same was that last week
1: that was um friday night
0: yeah i think that the day before
1: yeah the day before was what nico was saying and yeah af- also after um, work yeah it was also almost dark yeah and
0: i he was walking up i got there before he did we're we're in a a tough section of the river with the crowd that's the around crowd. us. The crowd, rough it, crowd. You know, we okay. got eyeballs in the back of our head. And, and I get into And I have – I've been using a three-weight lately. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a great idea until you this it. moment. Yeah, and I, I got into uh, – uh, matter of fact, it was two that day I got um, – We were with Taylor, I, too. Right. Yeah, Taylor got into one. I lost it for him because my net wasn't big enough. I go, oh, no. And I, and, I, and I go and I do a scoop, and the fish is – much longer than my net. And I, I couldn't even use my hand to, like, bend them in. Like, like you know, do a little <laughs> Pillsbury Doughboy <laughs> thing. I'm like, Beep. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, it didn't work. And then, like, the line wrapped around my net. And then the fish went between my legs, around my legs. And, uh, like, game. wrapped the line around my legs. And then, went like, this. And I feel it squeeze my leg and go. And I Came feel the over. tension go. And I'm like, but we saw it. Yeah, yeah. And it was right there. And I'm like, these Ooh. fish, these are
1: we All, all three of us <laughs> that day had our lines snapped. Right. We all well, lost our rigs. Oh, yeah. And that, that was my
0: turn next. I go back downriver and then I'm drifting like a guide's choice or something, just, you know, yeah. random. And, and all of a sudden I'm looking, looking. All of a sudden like I use the Kiwi indicator. Yeah. And I see my Kiwi just go whack. I mean, just. Yeah. And, crushed. you know, and when you see a Kiwi go down, you're on. Yeah. You know, it's just like that, that's a fish. It goes whack. And I pull back and nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, that's a brown. It's a brown. Yeah. 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 And, it, and, it, and I, I, I do the pull back and I see the line move just a little left, a little right. And all of a sudden it just goes submarine. It, it, you see it kind of go and then shoot up river. And I'm just following. Yeah. I'm just following it. And I'm just like you. I had 5X yeah. on. And I'm like, uh-oh. you know. And he's doing dives. I'm running up and down river, you know, holding my pole out. He's going to rocks. I'm like trying to guide him around because he's diving at rocks. Yeah. And then he comes out and he does a classic uh, like I call it the hunt for red October, you know, or the USS Dallas comes out of the water. He does, uh-huh. he does this big tail walk, <laughs> yep. you know? And I'm like, no, you know, and he takes a dive and then there's some homeless guy like, Hey, if I net that for you, can I keep it? Yeah. I mean, remember looking towards him going, Oh bro. Like, uh, I was trying to answer him and all of a sudden Frank gone. And I'm, oh, like, I'm like, man, and I'm like, but you know what? The, the, getting into these bigger fish on the truck is such a joy because yeah. you know, like you know we're on a healthy river mm-hmm. you know and that they're there and yeah. they're in the spots where people are like i'm not gonna go fish there because and it's like well that's where they're all at you know <laughs> yeah so no and that's really sure. not giving anything away oh no you know, for I the mean, nevada section because yeah. there's miles yeah. of those sections yeah yeah for sure you know but when you get in the water you're like this is perfect perfect, perfect trout habitat perfect like untouched you yeah. know somehow it's just remained the same you know but yeah. But with that being said, all this talk of fishing um, has to be getting you hungry. I, it gets us hungry. So that leads <laughs> us to the point of we like to talk burritos. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're in Truckee. You're in somewhat of a burrito type. I like to use the word haven and heaven. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great food choices out here. So yeah. What's, maybe give us a go-to and maybe give us something where you've been on the road and you got blown away by something that you're like, whoa.
2: And, you know. Oh, man. That's, so I, I would say the, the easy answer is uh, locally, Bill's Rotisserie is probably my go-to burrito, sometimes with steak, sometimes with chicken. Uh-huh. But uh, the cool thing at Bill's, for anyone that knows Truckee, uh, or excuse me, uh, it used to be Bill, Golden Rotisserie. They, yeah. they moved and changed the name, excuse me. <laughs> Golden uh-huh. Rotisserie, uh, been here a while, uh, is not far from Mountain Hardware. So it's right down the street on the other side uh near the DMV. Okay. So uh, you know, everything's fresh, you know, they literally slice it off the bone and then throw it on the burrito which is you know, adds to the flavor. But the cool thing is if you order a side of fry or fries uh, of chips, they uh don't just give you like this little cup or sleeve of chips. It's like th- a thing you can bring home and eat all week. <laughs> it's this giant bag of chips. <laughs> but the icing on the cake is their uh their green salsa is like one of the best tasting salsas I've had anywhere. And you add that to the, every bite of your burrito and it's just next level. Um, really? and they give you like a big cup of it too. I know people can't see what my hands are doing, you know, through the podcast, but, uh, you know, it's not this teeny little like fly cup of salsa. It's like, what am I going to do with this little thing? You know? Right. Let's like, put a chip in it, you know, those kinds you're yeah, like, oh. totally. <laughs> it's, it's like having a legit, like small can of salsa. And, uh, you know, I don't just put it on my burrito while I'm, you know, when I order and eat it that day, I'll put it on food at home. And um, but you add that to those burritos that are so fresh and so good. That's probably my go to locally
1: now with your salsa.
2: Yeah. Are you a, a dipper or oh. a pourer? Oh, so c- good question. Whoa. So my normal routine is actually they didn't even expect that. I'm sorry. Somewhere yeah. in the <laughs> middle. I use chips to pour it across the burrito. Wow. So I dip the chip. Get a big load of it on there and then drizzle it on the burrito. And then the chip's good to go. The burrito's good to go. Wait, what just happened?
1: <laughs> the, the, you know what? You what came in happened? and said, Wait, what, you're wearing a lot of hats. I'm wearing a and lot I of hats. And I can see you're a natural multi-hat wearer the, by that, the way you yeah. put the salsa Killed on. Kill two
2: birds with one dip, right? I'm still lost. What just happened? So <laughs> you deliver the salsa with the chip. Yeah. Just Whoa. scoop a ton of salsa onto a chip. Drizzle it on the burrito, and then you're, you both both have salsa on it. That's extremely <laughs> utilitarian, and I commend you for this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's. I have impressive. to admit, <laughs> in 38 years, nobody has ever asked me that question. So maybe <laughs> right. maybe a secret's out of the bag. I didn't know I was um, the only one doing know. that. That's why we're here. We're that's here. why we're here. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you're wanna...
1: welcome, listeners. <laughs> no. Yeah. I would say my next choice
2: would be to probably take the salsa and drip it on the burrito. I don't know if I've ever dipped
1: a burrito. You're giving up a little when you dip. I mean, there's always at least something coming could from fall the out, burrito right? and yeah. staying in there. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that it's... might be my my lunch plan this afternoon now that we're talking about it. Right. I'm going to go get my hair cut and then shoot over to uh, the <laughs> I rotisserie I think that's going to be everybody's <laughs> lunch plan. <laughs> I know, here, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so I think that shadow is my second question of like an international one, but maybe not. I mean, have you had anything like have you had travels to like Central
2: America? Yeah. And whatnot. not? Uh, like, is there anything down there that stands out? Or I've been super fortunate again with the travel side of the business uh, to have some great clients that helped me be able to do that. And I would say most places we go, the food is off the charts. Um, uh-huh. But I would say one thing that stands out that um, I would say was normal good. It wasn't like over the top, but unique that I've never had. Uh, I, one of our Cuba trips, we, when we lived with a family, this wasn't like a normal hosted trip with one of the outfitters. This was my first trip years ago. Um, the family made some really good goat dishes, okay. and I've never had goat. Oh. Um, I know people have, but for me, that was, that was a first. Yeah. This was, I don't know, 2011, 2012, something like that. Uh, maybe earlier than that. Was but, it
1: goat meat? Uh, it was goat goat cheese. Meat.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, goat meat. I've had goat cheese for sure. And uh, speaking of burritos, that was one way in which they would prepare uh-huh. it to us um, for lunch. So, uh, maybe once or twice it was part of a dinner dish, but uh, they would put it in a burrito and that would be our lunch to go fish with. So, but it could um, be a treat. It could be a treat. Yeah. They, a treat. There, there, there you, is, you go. It, yeah. It's, but who knows if this was like the pet goat from the backyard or yeah. if it was from like a goat farm. Like I have no idea, yeah, yeah. but, uh, right. Yeah. We've had some great meals over the years. Obviously anything we do in the Caribbean, uh, you know, anything, seafood, um, you know, not so much like s- sushi, obviously, although some trips we've had that, but like fresh lobster, yeah. um, con- conch, fritters are one of my favorites. Oh wow. Um, another cool experience. One of our Belize trips, they made conch ceviche, or the guy they, the guy did conch ceviche on the boat. He jumped out of the boat, got the conch. Uh, if you've never seen it, you should YouTube it. The process to get the conch meat, the conch out of a conch shell is ridiculous. It is a process. How they even have a commercial industry for it is beyond me, because it's so labor intensive. That's right? a
1: lot of air pressure, it, just kidding. It's, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs>
2: But uh, it, it's incredible, and he, he made fresh conch ceviche for us on the boat. He brought some lime, you know, diced veggies, uh, you know, tomato, onion, a um, little bit of some kind of, you know, um, dressing flavor with chips, and game on. Literally, like, within minutes, it's as fresh as it could possibly be, you know. Wow. So how How amazing. do you
1: identify – what are the signs that you look for in identifying – a, a place that's got a lot of potential to be good when you're traveling the world or even right here in town ooh uh
2: i would so so around the world there, there's two ways in which we pick our destinations um some are, are famous lodges you've, that everyone knows of others are a little more lesser known but pretty quickly already have a good reputation a classic example of that um fly guanagan is is one of the bay islands off the coast of honduras which we went there twice and when we first started going there they were kind of under the radar like nobody Mm -hmm. really knew about them but their reputation was good um fast forward now five six years and they're one of the more well-known um lodge operations out there um so it's it's cool to get there before it kind of blows up and you know uh the whole world knows about it and they have some cool operations going on right now they're very much on our short list to go back to but um so so reputation has a lot to do with it. You know, I'm, my clients are entrusting in me their time, their money to say, hey, we, we know the fishing you can't control Weather could suck. It could blow out like who knows where you're going. But the things you can control are the guides are going to be good. The food's going to be good. The service is going to be good. Um, so it would be rare. We would kind of wing it as far as that goes without some reputation behind it. But as far as how we pick, there, there's two ways. Um, the easy answer is wherever I, I want to go next on the list. I kind of pick spot and <laughs> rally the crew, say, hey, here's where we're going. Um, the other way we pick is I have a group come to me, anywhere from two to four guys, six guys. Sometimes we have women on our trips uh, and say, hey, Matt, I got a crew that wants to go to the Bahamas. Can you put that together? I'm like, yes. And I guess we're going to the Bahamas, you know, so right. that's, those are kind of the two ways in which we 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 pick the, the destination. It's so, great. Yeah.
1: Well, um, so, yeah, so basically, how, how do people go on a Matt Heron tour or, yeah. or one of your trips? What's the best way to get in touch with you for fly fishing and um, everything you do? Yeah,
2: we kind of have the normal outlets that everybody does. Uh, the first two right off the bat that you'll continuously see kind of updates and pictures is social media. Uh, you know, both for Instagram and Facebook, it's Matt Heron Fly Fishing. But to actually book and get info on trips, not just cool photography, is our website, which is Mattheronflyfishing.com. You go on there, uh, we have, it's very easily broken down to classes, which run on our private ponds and squaw May through the fall. Uh, so classes, guide trips, which are year-round, and clinics um, on Truckee and Little Truckee. And then in the summer, we can fish everything. And then there's a hosted travel tab as well, which kind of gives you know the the viewer our breakdown of what we have on on deck for for hosted travel and uh, depending on which one of those you decide to inquire about it'll be myself or my wife usually getting back to to the guest to to book and finalize everything and um, but yeah the website's number one and we just put our podcast on there too you can go to um barbless co which is kind of our the, the network that we're in now but we just put our podcast also on the website which the formatting for it's a little funky. So bear with me as uh, this week, I'm trying to get the formatting correct, but uh, you can hit play and listen to our podcast as well on there. So
0: that's awesome. And
2: congratulations on, on your new podcast. Appreciate uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: We're, very happy that you came on ours.
2: Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm stoked for you guys. When when you first wrote me um, to, to join this one, we hadn't gone live yet, oh. so we didn't tell anybody. So I felt we, you're like asking me to come on yours, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm in. But I didn't bring it up for a while just because we, we didn't want to let the cat out of the bag right. uh, for a little bit there. But no, appreciate you guys having me on and the success with yours. and you know, the, the, the name is pretty awesome <laughs> that yeah. you guys have. I like the, the food and the surfing twist to it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we, we try to tie it in. So
0: with the podcast name and our, our, our little, uh, I guess what we call it, it's under Bearfish Alliance and all that is really, it's just a collective or a collaboration of, yeah. of stewardship. Cool. So it's just yeah. bringing, it. there's, there's, there's really nothing in it for us other than bringing everyone that's involved with the river or the fisheries, you know, in the Northern Nevada and a little bit of the California area, yeah. it's just, just kind of like on the same table for sure, you know, and it's just an extra communication platform because I think the more that we have out there and the more that we're kind of reaching out to each other, like directing, like, Oh, you want to know this, go here or, or whatever. We just, we're trying to have kind of like a baseline info source for, for a fly guy or, yeah. you know, going, Hey, what about the Truckee river? Cause you can go on the website and go literally have a, chronological history of the truckee river mm-hmm. back to the early 1800s you can pull it up on our site and just, yeah something super that you cool. really can't find anywhere other than digging you, too hard i was just gonna say you gotta dig to find it really yeah. dig. so we're like well let's take some of the work out of it you know and then we like pointing people in the right direction yeah and um and you're one of those directions i appreciate you know? that yeah now so. this is fun yeah, yeah it's, i appreciate it's, it's having me on. awesome and then we also so, want to thank Cedar House uh, for, for hosting this. This is like a super awesome location. So if, if you are booking with Matt on the Truckee or any of the other uh, so-called the, his, his rivers out here, we'll <laughs> leave them unnamed, um, you know, I'm sure this is uh, one of the places that he may suggest or whatnot. But I would highly recommend staying here because
2: you have yeah. This All is, the
0: accommodations that you need. Yeah, including this is one restaurant. of our
2: favorite places to send clients, um, especially if they're not already staying in Squaw. Obviously, we have a great relationship with Squaw right. Creek. But, um, yeah, every once in a while people want to stay closer to town, and th- this place is pretty awesome. You can right. walk to the bars, the restaurants, the food, the, the service. Patty and her crew have uh, really done a great job of yeah. bringing everything together here. Yeah, and the so, hospitality yeah. here is quite, quite quite, exceptional, and it's pretty, pretty comfy, you know. And and actually, speaking of that, since you mentioned to pump whatever you want, um, we are doing a few multi-day schools this spring and summer where we've partnered with the Cedar House here. And this will be our our lodging partner. So, How uh, do you connect with that? So uh, that is, again, through the website. Uh, We have, um, if you go to our blog, um, kind of fishing report blog tab, and scroll down a bit, uh, you'll see the multi-day schools um, uh, blog post, which is a, a full itinerary. Um, we teamed up with Flywater Travel to to put that together. Flywater Travel is kind of one of the, the bigger fly fishing travel companies in the country. And we put together a really cool uh, multi-day program for a couple packages. One is our Truckee Trout School, which is bare bones, beginner, kind of A to Z. We're going to fish the ponds, the Truckee, the little Truckee. So you get three different learning um, scenarios, three different venues to to, to fish, nice. and then our second one is our subsurface school, which is uh, indicator fishing and tightlining, oh. and that's a four-day school, four days, five nights. Is that one? Whoa! And again, great. here at the Cedar House. That's great. Yeah, so those I'm are going to be fun. We're we're that's really awesome. stoked. Um, we haven't really done much of the all-inclusive rooms and fishing packages, so it's a little bit of. Uh, I wouldn't say a gamble. It's, uh, we're just going to see how they do. And if people if people fill them, awesome. If they don't, then we'll just be booked with normal stuff <laughs> right. instead of the package, you know, right. for those right. dates. But, yeah, it's all on our website, so definitely check it out. Well,
1: thank you so much, and, you know, thank you for all you do for the community um, Appreciate that. that you live in and also the greater community, connecting people with nature. Yeah, it's thank
2: you. Special. It's been an honor. It's, uh, it's been fun, guys, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, grats again on your, your new podcast. Thank so. you. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks again for being here. For sure. All right.
3: You're the special someone who makes me want to give in. You're the special someone who makes me want to give in. You're the special someone who makes me want to give in. You're the special someone who makes me want to. All of my heart is closed, my eyes are- that magic soul keep me warm inside I've been so long alone, I'm all around my heart Waiting for that someone I've been knocked down and out, time and time again So many fools in love who only bring me pain So many times I thought I'd always be alone But you're that special someone You're the special, someone who makes me wanna give in You're the special, someone who makes me wanna give in